in our world and in our homes and in our personal lives. Again, to have and to hold is very vital for all of us. And I'm asking you to not just say, this is something that we're going to have great fellowship, uh, some great food, but times in the Word of God regarding our relationships. I want you to recognize that the breakthrough aspect of 22 is we're going to begin to reach out to our neighbors. God's going to give you favor uh, because you have worked hard in your life to establish who you are. And because of that, God is going to honor that, and you're going to receive great favor from coworkers, uh, neighbors, family members, that you will invite them. And I, I just want to tell you, at Valley Community Church, we are a giving church, and we believe that this one is not about charging an exorbitant amount of money. So it's going to be $5 a couple, $5 a couple. And uh, go in your uh, drawer on the right side of your bed, I bet you'll find $5 worth of change. And you can do that and, and come in. But um, be a part of that. I also uh, want to talk to you about tonight. We felt during uh, the shutdown in COVID that that. God was really moving upon us to do some specific things to align Valley Community Church with what God is doing in the church, the global church. And part of that was switching our Wednesday evening Bible study uh, because the world has gotten really busy on Wednesday nights. They have really gone after the time frame uh, the churches have changed from Wednesday to Thursday, from Wednesday to Friday to have Bible studies, but the world has really gone after that. And there are a lot of great things that are happening on Wednesday night outside in your schools and all the above in sports. But we felt led of the Lord to move Wednesday to Sunday night and to avail a time frame where our children, our youth can gather next door and uh, the adults gathering here with me. We don't have any music on Sunday night here. They do next door. But uh, we did that for a reason. We're going to just sit down and get in the Word of God, and I can laugh with you, cry with you, and teach of the Word of God periodically. We'll have other staff members teach. But I am beginning a new series. Uh, we talked about the Word as we began this, and I'm beginning a new series tonight. And the series, um, I'm just not going to give you the title. You'll see that tonight. But bottom line is we're not going to get rid of our emotions, but we're going to understand our emotions, and we're going to feed our emotions with spiritual truth so that our emotions draw us closer to God. And then when things go awry in our life, that our emotions aren't sending us away from the Lord, they're sending us to the Lord. And depression and all kinds of emotional instability uh, that is real out there, real in our lives, can be defeated. Why? Because God has planned that we, as a body of Christ, can be a strong body and allowing in the midst of tribulation, see the miraculous power of God move. And basically, that is going to be about six to eight weeks that we will be 
uh, teaching on that and showing you God's truth regarding our emotions. Also, uh, next Sunday, the Lord led me to call Dr. Mila, who is an amazing teacher, author, woman of God. Her and her husband have great ministry around the world. Uh, to ask her if she would come and speak to us in the prophetic realm next Sunday. So next Sunday, a prophetic word will be given to us through the teaching of the Word of God. And whatever the Lord uses, the gifting that he has given Dr. Mila, and uh, we're going to experience something wonderful. I can't wait. I will be sitting there receiving and just drinking in uh, the power of the prophetic word next week. Invite your friends because it's going to be life-changing next Sunday morning. And uh, let's come with a, a joy in our heart waiting to worship and receive God's word. Also, regarding the prophetic, I have for quite a few months been uh, spending time in the secret place with the Lord and understanding the breakthrough. I've been experiencing with you many breakthroughs that you are sharing with me and showing me what God is doing in your home, your business, your lives. And there's been many uh, promotions that have taken place uh, during this tough season. Um, but the Lord, I, I just asked the Lord a question. I said, Lord, what are you doing during this time? I know that I've taught you about breakthrough and many different facets of life, but I just asked the Lord, God, what are you doing? And he showed me three things that he's breaking in our world. And it's because of the church who you have become during all of this. And all those that are watching online, I want you to understand you are part of this. And you're watching from all over the place, all over the world, and you're a part of this. And God is speaking to us. I don't know if you remember the story of, of King Herod. When King Herod uh, decided to kill babies... And he, prof he professed that also that he was king and he was basically God, that he was in control. The Lord showed me that we have seen on TV in the political realm and in many different facets of high-tech ownership and people who have a lot of money that they began to proclaim this very thing. We have seen people uh, in their own states make decisions regarding abortion <clears throat> to the point where a baby can be born at nine months and the doctor can look at the person that is laying there who has delivered the baby and they can give a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the baby and whether they would kill the baby. There are arguments about that. There's dissension about that. There's difficulty about that. And the Lord said that people have, his grace has been just exploding in our world over people that have been deceived or that are walking in wickedness. 
behind the scenes, the Lord has been working on things. He also told me that when there was a decision, and I'm not talking politics, where is a decision of putting together T-shirts that, that said, I am with her, what that T-shirt said is, I am with her, and what she has declared for this country and bottom line, the world, which included three things. And those three things are the things that the Lord is annihilating as we speak. It has nothing to do with politics, has nothing to do with, uh, you know, certain people, people that have money, people that are in politics or anything. It has people <clears throat> that have been given in the kingdom of God authority because of politics, of business ownership and everything, that have taken it and have moved into the demonic realm. And God has told me that he has had enough of it, that he's going to begin to move. And from the inside out, as we saw in a king in the Old Testament, that a king began to be eaten from the inside out with worms. And you understand that, that it's because of the sin of the person that it was going to bring destruction to the person and what they believe in. And so the Lord has been showing me this, and I have kept it to myself for months. And so I prophesy to you today <clears throat> that there are three areas <clears throat> that when the T-shirt was made, I'm with her, there were three areas that she was declaring. The first one is the persecution of Israel. You mess with God's people, you mess with God. And whatever decisions were made in the behind the scenes and all the things that were made and coming against the leadership of Israel, actually sending people over to try to uh, annihilate the leadership of Israel, God's got to a place enough is enough. And there's going to be some things that you're going to see in the near future that God's going to be doing and bringing Israel to the place that Israel uh, should be, that actually they were a couple years ago. Second of all, the destruction of the family and the identity of the family and what the family means. And that's why you've been seeing that we've been talking about the many aspects of breakthrough. And God is moving in a realm, and there's going to be a transformation through the church, you the church. That's why this marriage conference is so important, that we're going to see the uh, reinstitution and the reconstruction and I'm using those terms because those are the words that the Lord gave me, of the family, of the home. There is an identity crisis in our school system. And legally, there's going to be some things that are going to take place and transpire that is going to turn these things around where, where our educational system will turn around and we will not see anymore the destruction and the removal of the parents' authority over our children. And God is going to do that. Now, you can email me, you can text message me, you can write the things you've written on Facebook towards me, 
all the kinds of things that I've been experiencing since I've been talking to the Lord about this and receiving this, that the enemy is already coming against me. You can do that. I'm going to love you, but I'm going to tell you you're wrong. And God's going to do a mighty work in the body of Christ. You are going to be the one that's going to get favor and do great things. You are the one with the anointing of the Holy Spirit to walk in the grace of God, and you're going to begin to see, as I continue to talk about the Sabbath, as I continue to talk about this, you're going to see a prophetic realm. And I just can't wait to hear what Dr. Mila is going to share with us. I know that there's something that I think the Lord has given me the, these things. I'm going to tell you the next one in a moment. And I just think the Lord is like a, like a good dad. He's got really dessert for me next week. And I'm ready for it. I'm just ready to hear it. And, and I'll tell you what, bring your friends and your neighbors. And if you're watching online and the Lord is speaking to you, make a drive. I don't care. Get on a plane. Come and see us. Because God is doing something very unique in this church. And, and I've, I've never been so excited about ministry that I, I have in my life. <clears throat> and if you ever know me, I'm always excited about ministry. I really am. I love being with you. I love teaching the Word of God. I love watching God transform people's lives. Here's the last thing. Child sacrifice. Abortion. Wherever you're at on the political realm, whatever you're thinking in that area, whatever you're thinking about women's rights, men's rights, whatever, I want to tell you, you mess with babies, you mess with God. And God has had enough. And we are going to see some things that are going to take place. And if you're looking at me and you've had an abortion, God is a God of grace and forgiveness. If you had two or three of them, God is a God of forgiveness. If you're a doctor and you have performed these things, these murderous things, God's grace is sufficient enough. But I'm telling you, you better stop. Because if you don't, God's got you and he's going to take care of this. Amen. Now, I don't care if the news comes out, hears about it, writes about it, tries to come against me, Valley Community Church, I want to tell you, I'm standing up for what God has told me, and I believe exactly what God is saying. And I am prophesying to you that you watch. It isn't the Republicans or the Democrats. It isn't the independents. It isn't atheists. It is, it is God that is going to be moving, and it's going to be done in God's way. God is going to do it. It's going to be right. I have kept my mouth shut. I wanted to say it, and I've kept my mouth shut. But God said, I want you to share it with the church today. So I want you to understand, this is where I'm at. I won't argue with you. Okay, this is what I'm going to say to you. I'm right. Because God is right. Amen? And you got to understand that. I'm not going to stand up and get on a soapbox. I'm going to stay in the pulpit, and I'm going to teach the Word of God. But if you're here today and, and you're becoming offended with me, I want you to understand, you're becoming offended with God. I'm not God. 
There are people out in this world that have professed their God, and they've tried to change God's plan regarding these three things that I've told you. And I want to tell you, it is sin, and God is going to take care of this sin. Amen. All right, Holy Spirit said, move on, get in the Word of God. Romans chapter 14. Verse 22, New Living Translation. Happy are those who don't feel guilty for doing something that is right. Happy are those who don't feel guilty for doing something that is right. We're talking about fun now, the breakthrough in fun. You know, let me say this to you. You can't have a lot of fun if you're not happy. And there are a lot of people out there that have been deceived and they're not happy. They're not walking in this realm with God. They're not walking in this realm in this new uh, move of the Holy Spirit, and they're not happy. And let me tell you, you can't be happy if you condemn yourself. There are too many Christians today, and I want to just say this to you in a very loving and caring and pastoral way. Stop condemning yourself. Understand the truth and let the truth set you free. Stop looking at yourself in the mirror and saying because you've gone through this tribulation, you believe for this, it's not happening, what's wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with you. Keep believing God. Stop walking around in a realm of, you know, that's what this COVID stuff is wanting to do. It's trying to separate you from everything that is real that God planned. Fellowship with, with, with God's people. It's trying to separate you. <clears throat> My premise today is about having a spirit-filled will, your will. Every one of us has a will. So you can live your life according to God's will, God's plans. But there is a will. There's something that's inside you that God has given you to make a choice and to say, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to believe. This is how I'm going to live my life. No matter what I face, this is how I will respond to any situation. And you only get that when you have a lifestyle of Sabbath. So today my title is The Power and the Joy of Pre-Made Decisions. You can't have fun unless you have joy. You can get entertainment, but go home and feel the same way. You can go and drink a six-pack of beer and sober up and still feel the same way. You can take drugs and still feel the same way after it's wore off. Father, I thank you for ears to hear. I thank you for the word that you've given me today that is so loving, but is so, uh, it's like a drill drilling into the depth of our heart. And I thank you, Lord, for the truth that will set us free and break through in the area of fun, which begins with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Matthew 27 says this. Now Jesus stood before the governor, he's standing before Pilate, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, It is as you say. 
And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Notice in Scripture after this, it is the last thing that Jesus says in the book of Matthew before the cross. But Jesus no longer says something. Now, some of you might think, well, it's because Jesus knew what was coming and he was feeling bad and he just didn't feel like saying anything and he was depressed and he was hurt that, that the people that supposedly loved him and he was supposed to be their savior that didn't accept him. No. It had everything to do with a pre-made decision that Jesus made. Jesus completely stops talking. He doesn't answer his accusers another word because he made a pre-made decision. My point is this. The governor watches Jesus' behavior and the strength of his will. That scripture tells us Pilate marvels at Jesus for not saying a word. Look at verse 13. Then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word, so that the governor or Pilate marveled greatly. See, we have to understand the picture of what was going on around there. Is that Jesus was before Pilate, and Pilate has done this hundreds and even thousands of times. It was up to Pilate to say, you live or you die. It was up to Pilate to say that you're innocent or you're guilty. It was up to Pilate to say, you're in jail for a year, 10 years, 20 years of life. It was his authority and his decision. Jesus was the first prisoner who did not beg for his life. Why is that? How come Jesus was able to do it? Well, Jesus was God. No, I'm telling you, because Jesus, in a moment, in a story we're going to read in a little bit, made a pre-made decision on how he was going to respond to the attacks of the enemy. Jesus didn't say, give me mercy, save my life. He didn't say, you know, the devil made me do it, or I had a bad hair day. He probably did, because you know all the pictures have him with long hair. See, Pilate was used to that. Pilate was used to people crying and falling on their face before Pilate, forgive me, forgive me, basically calling him God. But Jesus stood before Pilate by a sheer act of his will and refrained from making any comment. And again, Pilate stood back and said, whoa, there's something different about this guy. Pilate never was the same after that. If you read scripture, he was never the same. I want you to understand in this story, Pilate represents the world and Jesus represents God's kingdom. In every, every area of your life, you need to recognize Pilate represented the world. People standing up and making proclamations, people putting together shirts and saying, I'm with her. In verse 14, the world is marveling what is going on with Jesus. Notice at this time, no one was being healed. 
No one uh, was being raised from the dead. No demons were being cast out. And Jesus wasn't walking or standing on the water. There was no miracles. It's about the character of the person. And the reason why Jesus had that character, because he made a pre-made decision moments before this situation. The world marvels more at your character or the character of God in someone than the supernatural outpouring and miracles. Those are fleeting moments. How many times did you see in the Bible where people would, a miracle would happen, oh, Jesus, Jesus, and then all of a sudden something would happen. Remember Israel? And they began to beg, you know what? We need to go back to Egypt and eat onions. Because their character, they haven't spent time with God. Matter of fact, after the fact, they still had problems with the Sabbath. 490 years, remember last week. So the world is looking for the church, not just power, signs, and wonders. They are looking for the character of God living in front of them in a real way. They're looking for you and me to stand in front of them and say, you know, I understand you're feeling the way you're feeling. But let me tell you, what's going on right now, that doesn't move me. But the God that I serve moves me. The God that I believe in moves me. The way I think, the way I talk, the way I respond, the way I act is that God, because I spent time with that God, I have had my Sabbath and I haven't allowed that Sabbath to be stolen away. So they'll look and marvel saying, I can't believe I'm seeing this. They marvel that we're not just talking about God, we're acting like God. We're not God. I'm far from it. You're probably closer being God than I am. I'm far from it. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I've had wrong attitudes in my life. But I want to tell you, because I've spent time with my God, and I've made that a point in my life, and I've really learned through COVID time, the greatest, I believe, the attack of the enemy in my lifetime is that I believe that Sabbath is so real and spending time with him and making sure that I rest in him and have the joy of the Lord. We have a tendency to become caught up or enamored with signs and wonders, don't we? Now, let me just tell you, they're important, and God wants those things to take place. We love to see God move. He's moving right now. I love it. Miracles are taking right taking place right now. People are being healed, and some of them don't even know it right now because the word is being uh, projected into their hearts. But when the world looks at the church, what they want to see is not just the miracles that we are in love with, amen, but they want to see the character of God coming through someone. People want, you know, in the world, you know what that is? Being real. They want us to be real. The patience and kindness, the gentleness, the meekness, the long-suffering, the self-control. And when they see that, they marvel. 
Let's go back to the story. Jesus is in a dire, traumatic time, and there is a secret and a principle Jesus knew that allowed him to have the will full of power and strength to handle what he was about to face. It is a power of pre-made decisions that will take you to a place in your life that you never dreamed about. So let me give you the definition uh, of pre-made decision. It is a decision you have previously made, and today you are walking in it. It is a decision that you've made that now you've developed a heart that you're going to walk in it no matter what you're facing. What happens is that the character of God begins to be formed in you in a greater way because of the pre-made decision. The dictionary definition of character, by the way, is moral and ethical strength. Here's the real world definition. Your character is who you really are when no one is watching. It's who you are when no one's watching. Bottom line, let me just put it this way. It's like uh, how you drive your car after you have removed the fish decal. Yeah. It's, it's when you decide, you know, it's not, it's not you're going to show all the signs and all the different things, but you're, you're going to be real. Wherever you're at, you're going to be this way. Not because you're better than anybody else, it's because you've made a pre-made decision. Your character is basically the sum total of all your pre-made decisions or lack thereof. They're immoral because they didn't make pre-made decisions. They've allowed their emotions and their life to rule them instead of, by faith, their spirit overruling everything in their life. They are the decisions you have made to walk in life and put it all together, or lack thereof, that is your character. That's, that's who you are. God is after the character in you more than all the manifestations. He's after the character that is all the gifts and all the callings because character is the hard thing for God to build, and gifts and callings are easy because they're gifts. They're given to you. Now, let me ask you this. Is anything too hard for God? No. But you might be kind of hard for God. Come on, folks. We're talking about fun. Some of you are kind of hard for God because you have not made pre-made decisions. You don't Sabbath. You follow all nine commandments, and that one commandment we don't follow. That is getting in the secret place in prayer. I wouldn't sell, listen, it's a great book. I have it. I wouldn't sell, if you will just spend one hour with me, the book, I would not sell that to you because I don't want it to become religious. That book transforms millions of people's lives, but it also got people stuck because you were told you pray for an hour, five minutes here, ten minutes here, whatever. You do it for an hour, and then you're good. That's No. No. It's right. I do it. I, I, I have a form of that in my own life, 
But the reality is, I don't look at the watch. I don't have my watch on today. I don't look at the watch and say, okay, I got one minute left, five minutes left. What do I pray about now? No. I'm relating with God. I'm Sabbathing with God. I want you to get this revelation, church. And I know I, I'm usually on Sunday mornings, I, I, have, I don't go as deep as I am right now. I'll tell you what, we're going to go a lot deeper in the next few months with these things. And I want you to stay with me, okay? I want you to hang with me, all right? Character involves God's will and your will. And the process begins when you get saved. Let me show you this. According to the scripture, the day you were born from your mother's womb, you had all the gifts and all the callings you would ever have. Scripture tells us that. I've taught on that. You did not earn them or deserve them, but God gave them to you by grace. How they're instigated or move in your life is you receive them by faith. So all is developed in you, but the moment you were born what happened to all of us, the moment we're born, even though we have all the gifts and, and all the callings, we cried out, wah, didn't we? In baby language, going wah means me, myself, and I. How many of you have ever had a baby, they're a month old, and you're about to give the baby a bottle and feed the baby, and the baby says, no, thank you. Give that to so-and-so. They need it more than I do. <laughs> they didn't do that, did they? What'd they do? Well, the moment they saw the bottle, what'd they do? They went nuts over it. And that's kind of mm, where we're at when we become spiritual, when we became born again. Me, myself, and I. God, what can you do for me? So every one of you are called to something huge that God dreamed up for you, and it's fun when your character is formed to accomplish it. See, life becomes fun. I didn't say you're not going to have tribulation. The Bible didn't say that. Matter of fact, it says, the Bible says, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? Because of Jesus and the work of the cross. It's not your ability that's holding you back either. I, I watch people all my life. I watch people. And you are so talented. You're so gifted. Your personality, everything. Man, I just, I sit back. Last night, Pastor Angel's daughter got married, and, and I think there were more Valley Community people at the wedding than anybody else in family. And, and we were there, and we were laughing, and I was talking to a lot of people, and I just enjoyed being with my brothers and sisters and watching Jessica, the beautiful bride, get married. It's, the, it's not your ability that's holding you back. It's the availability of the character of God being formed in you. And we only get that through Sabbath. Character is of the utmost important in our walk. God is not limited by your gifts, 
He is not limited by your calling. How many of you have ever said when someone asks you to do something in the church or at work, oh, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not gifted that way. I'm not really that good. I really can't do that. God's not limited by what he's given you. But he can be limited by your character, by condemning yourself, by telling you you can't do it. I'm telling you you can. I'm telling you through the word of God and the prophetic word of God, you can do all things through Christ. He moves through people who will not rise up in pride, who will not rise up in arrogance. You know, I've watched that. I, I've discipled people into, you know, and bringing them into a position. It's been a year, two years, three years. And then finally I release them into it, and all of a sudden they become a different person because they have authority. They have position. And I'm telling you what, you're still the same person. You know, I used to work, uh, you know, with, with uh, prof professional football teams, basketball teams, friends of some of the players, and go to the football games, sit with, you know, some of the spouses and family, my wife and I, and I'd go into the locker room and we'd talk to them and got, you know, the Bobcats, uh, Charlotte Bobcats, you know, Bibles for all of them, and uh, wrote little notes in all of them. Um, Jake Voskel was a center, and uh, he was a real good friend. I used to go out to, to lunch with him, and, you know, he's seven foot one, and, uh, and I'm two foot three, based on who he was. And so we'd, we'd walk, you know, in a restaurant, and someone would say, uh, do you play basketball? He goes, no, I'm a bowler, you know. And just having a lot of fun. But the reality is born again, love God. And so I worked with him to minister and lead uh, Charlotte Bobcats to the Lord. What a privilege that was. But, you know, that's, that's not because I had any other gift than someone else did. Just I was available in my character. I was available for what God was asking me to do. So Jesus manifested that character before Pilate. So let me show you how Jesus did this and you and I need to do the same thing. But we need to keep Sabbath in mind. So let's go back one chapter just before the trial, and it's called, you know it, the Garden of Gethsemane. In Matthew 26, verse 36, by the way, speaking of fun, the happiest place on earth is not Disneyland. It's church. It's you. Now, I'm still going to go to Disneyland <laughs> and have fun, but it's not the happiest place in the world. You go there and you come home, you still got the same problems. And by the way, by the way, you go to Disneyland, you're going to come home in debt. Anyways, <laughs> Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, 
but as you will. Catch that. Now let me explain it. In this verse, we find for the first time the Father's will and Jesus' will were not identical. Some of you have never heard this before. They weren't identical. Jesus prayed this, and he said, you know, I want what I know I'm having to face, the cross, because I know the result of the cross, what it would do, my relationship with you. But Father, you know, if you want to do it another way, I'm good with that. See, it's not talking about sin when your will's not aligned with the Father. But Jesus didn't have the desire yet at all to go suffer and go to the cross. How many of you would feel that way? Every one of us. So we're all in the same boat. So Jesus wanted what God was going to produce from the cross, but Jesus wasn't wanting to say, nail me to that tree, Father, count me in. You know, and let me just tell you what it means. And I wrote this down, but let me tell you what that means. I can't, Jesus saying, by aligning with the Father, I can't wait to be separated from you, Father, that I have had unbroken intimacy and fellowship for eternity past. Never been a time that their wills were opposite. And then... Here it is. He's got this decision to make. Jesus was saying, this is not what I want, but nevertheless, what you want is my predetermined choice. Verse 43, and he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Jesus, again, was making a pre-made decision of his will. Father, I prayed three times, but not my will, but your will be done in my life. And with that, watch this, what happened in the third prayer, Jesus said to the Father, I am pre-deciding how I will act in the future, surrendering his will to the Father's will. And that's why when he stood before Pilate, he wasn't even inclined to respond wasn't inclined at all to respond. So let me just bring this to you. Write this down, okay? It's called a reflective move. It's called a reflective move. When you face a trial, a testing, a temptation, or an opportunity, you have predetermined how you will act. So I can even say, even though you're surprised, nothing surprises you. If something happens good, something happens bad, it doesn't surprise you to where it makes you respond or react opposite of God's plan for your life. A reflective decision. Most live their lives with a reactive decision which means circumstances come in 
and on the spur of the moment decide how we will act. Jesus himself did not leave any of his decisions to chance. Why do we do that? Because we don't Sabbath. We don't spend time with God. We, we're not in there. We're, we're jumping around and we're allowing every reason. Let me tell you, we're to have fun. We're to go on vacation. We're to have times with our children, times we won't be in church. But I tell you what, we need to be responsive to the thing that God says, don't forsake the assembling together of the believers, to get in the church. You know what? I love football. I love baseball. I really like hockey. And I really love golf. But I record everything. I probably don't watch anything live. So don't text me with the score. Lisa, I'm just kidding. I had that. It was uh, Michigan Wolverines were playing Ohio State, and I'm from Michigan. And, uh, and I, was, I was in a store. I was recording the game, and uh, Lisa texted me. I won't tell you the last name, <laughs> but she's married to Jack. Anyways, <laughs> and she texted me. Great game, <laughs> whatever was said. You know what? It's okay. Let's have fun with each other. Amen? Let's have a good time. So Jesus went in the garden previous to the temptation, and he settled it in advance, and we need to do the same thing. You need to settle your responses in advance. When you predetermine, you establish how you will act. In your marriage, gentlemen, you have to have predetermined decisions on how you will deal with that wonderful woman you're married to. Ladies, you know. I get in trouble if I go any further. <laughs> the 19th will go further. In your, <laughs> in your relationship, predetermine your will to act a certain way. And guess what? Your spouse will marvel at you. Amen. I go to Terry sometimes. Don't you, aren't you just marveling at me? And I get that look, you know. Guys, you all know that look. A reactive decision is never good. A reflective decision is always good. It's always good. All advertising on TV. You watch the game? I don't... I. You know why I record everything that I watch 90% of the time? It's because I can fast forward the commercials. All advertising is reactive on TV. Call now and we'll give you a free gift. And if you call, then we have a secret for you that we can give you. And, you know, and before you know it, 10 minutes later when you call, they've sold you everything. Because... Oh, really? Regularly, $100, we'll give it to you for $99.99. Oh, really? Save a penny? Yay! And someone says, you only saved a penny? Yeah, but I bought 10 things, and I saved 10 cents. Okay. I've learned to be reflective when going to a hotel. I used to travel a lot. When I was a supervisor, I traveled all over, all over the country, all over the world. 
And in a nice hotel, you have what's called a mini bar refrigerator. A snicker bar is $5. A small jar of cashews are $15. And a Coke is $7. So I've made a reflective decision. When my wife go to this really nice hotel, I stop by Target before we get there. <laughs> I walk in my hotel room with a Snickers bar and I face it towards a mini bar and I said, ha ha, 75 cents. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> in all seriousness, what do we do in life? How are we reacting to things? Matter of fact, by the time we get to a place, we're already ready to fight. Of course, I'm the only one like that. <laughs> okay. See, I'm reflective, and Terry marvels at me. God's plan is that our will chooses what our mind thinks and our emotions feel. God's plan is that our will chooses what our mind thinks and our emotions feel. We have to get to a place that our spirit controls that. And then our mind and our emotions come in line. Before Pilate, they'd fall on the ground and beg for their life. And Jesus stood there. As you said, don't you know what they're saying about you? I'm going. I'm all in. Why did Jesus do that? Because, you know, he's, he's got no, because... Three times he went to the Lord. And on the third time, he made a pre-made decision. And he said, you know, whatever goes on from here now, Father, you got me. I'll do it your way. I'll respond your way. And always in the reflective move, you're always thinking of God's plan not what you're going through. In this COVID, we have found ourselves really changed, sometimes to the bad. We've, we've allowed, uh, hey, I get it. COVID was evil. COVID killed a lot of people. Amen. Politicians got a hold of it, lied about it. Evil took over. Now, I'm not calling politicians evil, but evil took over. And we have to get to a place that you can have this if we choose and obey God's plan. But we realize fun isn't just going bowling. Fun isn't just going to a movie, which I enjoy those things. But fun is having the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is knowing who your God is and knowing who you are. And knowing if you grab a hold of this truth and you begin to Sabbath. I know when we get to Sabbath, 
like I explained last week, we're thinking the elevator's closed, you, you can't do anything, your dog falls in a ditch, you got to say, stay there till tomorrow. <laughs> you, you know, really, we're talking about pre-made decisions that you have time to be with the Lord, time to rest, time with your family, and set the standard for your home. And your neighbors, your coworkers, and your friends will marvel at you. Not because you're any better than anybody else, but it's because you are breaking through in fun. We're going to continue in a couple weeks on the second part on this, but I want you to recognize again is that we are given place for part of the fivefold pulpit office, the prophet. We're given place for Dr. Mila next Sunday, and I believe it is the season and the time for us to hear a word from her as she teaches the word of God. And through that word, it will come, and we'll experience the joy of the Lord helping us to move in a greater way towards this lifestyle. Can we all stand, please? Dr. Rolando and Mila, I, I stand before this congregation, before the Lord. I honor who you are. I submit to the office that you folks stand in. Uh, for our church and for the world and I receive you already in advance uh, the both of you as you come together this week and, and prepare your time thank you for being Dr. Rolando for helping thousands and thousands of people through the years with medicine um, we're a church if you're online you don't know us uh, we're faith people Jesus Christ is our healer. We believe in medicine. The Bible says laughter doeth good like medicine. But we predetermine our choices to live that Jesus Christ is Lord and his word is number one in our lives. Amen? Amen. See you at 6 o'clock tonight. God bless you. Have a great day.